Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide, and you already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's, that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Okay, okay, Super Showdown is less than two weeks away, and they're leading it off with one of the biggest six-man tags in history. And we here at Top 5 have decided it's time to go into the time machine and review the biggest six-man tag matches in WWE pay-per-view history. Welcome to Top 5, the weekly podcast where we go over assorted topics in wrestling culture and lore. I am your host, ProWrestlingSheet.com's senior news producer, James McKenna. And with me, as always, Mr. Kevin Silva. Kevin, how are you? Dude, I'm great. You know, I just I was just uh, uh, skimming through my DVR as you were talking, and I noticed uh, that I have some uh, episodes of Ghost Adventures I need to get to. And I thought, like, 
they, they had Post Malone on the Ghost Adventures. Why don't they have the New Day on Ghost Adventures? How great would that be? The that's something that's honestly and un- that's, honestly that's, a great top five episode in the future. Uh, the fact that WWE talent is not contracted to more shows to do more random appearances because I think any of them would at any moment. Oh, absolutely. And like speaking of which, I mean that would be a great six man tag. You have the three guys from Ghost Adventures, as I like to call them, Brost Adventures, and then you have New Day. It'd be the perfect combination. Three guys from uh, Ghost Adventures versus uh, Post Malone and the Usos, and it's fine. Yes, perfect. I was trying. I was trying to think of a funnier tag team. <laughs> what would a funnier tag team be? The Steiner Brothers. There we go. I uh, want to see Post Malone and Scott Steiner interact for five minutes because that's that okay. would be the amount of time before Scott killed him. That would. Or or you have Post Malone, the the mailman Carl Malone. And uh, just like DDP. <laughs> and DD, I was hoping you were going to go with another Malone, but I'm trying to think I of I was another. trying to think of somebody. I couldn't think of anybody. I mean, He's Kevin a- Malone from The Office, but that's not wrestling See? related. There we go. It could have just went that way. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not wrestling true. related. And we led with post Malone. Well, he did. He was on a great episode of Stone Cold's podcast where it, it was fantastic. So it's wrestling related. Everything comes back to wrestling. I don't know if Everything you know about that. Everything is wrestling. Uh, so, a quick ground rule to set before we delve into this: uh, we are talking. Obviously, this episode is going to be centered around the biggest WWE six-man tag matches on pay-per-views of all time, and the important distinction is on pay-per-views. We're not and reviewing. WWE. Yeah, and WWE. We're not reviewing every six-man tag match in history. That would be fucking ridiculous to do right now. Also, if 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 we're going outside of WWE, I could probably fill this list with everything but WWE. Maybe like I'd leave like two in there. But yeah, yeah this is. I, I, we are giving honor to Super Showdown as whatever that <laughs> means. The Australia. Oh, praise Australia. Honestly, I've been converting to say WWE's Australia Mania, and I think that works. Australia Mania. I think Australia Mania is a great event, and it should have just been called that. Honestly, anytime they go to another country, it should just be that country mania. (laughs) Morocco Mania. Morocco Mania, yes. It makes branding easy, lets you know the country you're in. You don't forget. Super Showdown's very ambiguous. You don't know yeah, where it's coming from. It's very ambiguous. It's uh, it's just going in a lot of different directions, and you don't really know what's happening. It's it just it's essentially they were like, hey, remember that thing we did in Saudi Arabia that we we're going to do it again? But uh, let's do that in Australia, but let's not have Shawn Michaels wrestle just yet. <laughs> We'll we'll have him there. He'll do a kick, and we'll really just tease. Like he'll he'll kick, but Australia's not paying his bills. Oh, he might kick in the opposite direction, or because of the, how the toilets go. I wonder if he kicks the other way around. Or he might just go missing, like one of their prime ministers. Wow, there we go. Uh, that's a fun fact about Australia. There's a prime minister. Prime minister, I can talk. Named Harry <laughs> Hole. Uh, not Harry. Hole. Is it Harry Hole? Let me, let me. I research. love that. I, I hope that's his name because that's a great name, Harry Hole. No, that wait. No, I've I've got this wrong. Harry Hole is a character from the Snowman. What am I talking? <laughs> about? What? Wait, what? The, the movie, The Snowman. 
Oh, no, no. Harold Holt. Sorry. I'm <laughs> close enough name wise. Harry Hole is Michael Fassbender in The Snowman. Terrible movie, but very much worth watching to see how insane it is. Oh, that movie. Okay. And yeah, the yeah. prime minister who disappeared is Harold Holt. Similar name, slightly different. Uh, but Harold Holt went for a swim one night and then just disappeared because, you know, that's what happens when you lead a country. I mean, that's. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. Australia Mania. We're, we're, we're paying tribute. Uh, I guess I'll say, even though he definitely probably doesn't listen to this, my friend Axel, who lives in Australia, and Hungry Jack, which is just Burger King, but Australian. What up, guys? What up, Hungry Jack? And uh, you know what? Hungry Jack would like to kick off this list at number five. Number five, again, the top five most important six-man tag matches, or the best six-man tag matches in WWE history on pay-per-views. Uh, and number five... We're going to roll back uh, to the early 2000s. We're going 2003 Backlash. Well, what a year that was. Backlash 2003. By the way, that's the same pay-per-view that had the infamous uh, Big Show swings Rey Mysterio like a baseball bat into the post. Oh, my God. Yeah, what a great one. Uh, But such a wacky six-man tag for, by the way, no reason. But easily the most talent I think ever amassed in a six-man tag in WWE. Uh, Triple H, Ric Flair, and Chris Jericho versus Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, and Booker T. What the so fuck? Wild. I don't even understand that. I, 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 I was there. What was the story leading up to this match? The story it's it was very vague. Uh, but honestly, it pretty much boiled down to. Uh, Triple H, Ric Flair, and Shawn Michaels, for some odd reason, I mean, Triple H, Ric Flair, and uh, Jericho were bullying Shawn Michaels, and he was like handica- uh, handcuffed to a rope at some point. Uh, and then randomly, Kevin Nash returns for little to no reason. Uh, he's wearing a tank top that says Hustler, by the way, which just really fantastic. Yeah, yeah it really drives it home. But he shows up and pretty much is like, get the fuck off Shawn. Uh, and then... It builds up, and then Triple H does a pitch to Kevin Nash, being like, us together, we're unstoppable. You already did the whole fucking Shawn Michaels thing, and he was a prick to you. Which, touche. In in kayfabe, he was. That's sure, a, absolutely. That's an accurate statement. Uh, and then eventually it boiled down to Kevin Nash was with Shawn Michaels. For some odd reason, Booker T was there because they needed a six guy. Uh, and you had a match. <clears throat> and, and that match kind of went off as... As you thought, think it would, honestly. Um, my favorite part about this match is Kevin Nash is wearing his Diesel gear. Uh, instead, instead of Big Daddy Cool, though, it just says Big Daddy. And that, to me, is the funniest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I, He's a Big Daddy fan, fan, so... Yeah, just Big Daddy. He loves, he loves Big Daddy, the movie, and all things Adam Sandler. Uh, no, but honestly, the match... If only for just the amount of talent that was kind of chucked into this match for no apparent reason. Um, Normally, when you have six-man tags, you have teams, you have cohesive units. It's NWO or it's, you know, uh, the Shield, the Wyatt family. You know, we're obviously going to be getting into some of those later. Um, Or at the very least, a tag team and someone else. And this one was none of that. It was legit six singles competitors at the time. And like Triple H and Ric Flair were front, like there's obviously friends involved, but no actual tag teams, which is kind of the very unique thing about this list because everything so far that we have on the list at least features one tag team or triplet in every match. 
This one does not. It was just six guys. And like this, this match is. I'm, I've gone back and watched some clips from this match, and it's just like Ric Flair has always been old, man. <laughs> like it's so crazy. Rick like when Flair, you go watch, Ric Flair was interesting because Ric Flair was he was super young mm. going into 1993. And then from like 1993 to 2006, he did not age. And then in 2006, he really aged. But like that big chunk, though, he looked old. He always looked old. Like 93, I was like, like, yeah, in 93, I was like, this is an old man in this match. It wasn't even an old man. Like Ric Flair is an old man now. Ric Flair now looks like. Yeah, that after, was a child, like after the so guy like, in the Last Crusade drinks the wrong grail. That's Ric Flair currently, <laughs> and it's horrifying. Him making it with his wife at his wedding. I'm like, I respect all, it, but like all that tongue, all that tongue that was going on, wild. One might argue too much tongue. I'll <laughs> argue that definitely was. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. With this whole thing, it really to me, boiled down into just a fun match. Like, Ric Flair does always look old, but it's just kind of a fun match overall. It was just fun. It was yeah, six I mean, guys. You don't get to watch mix it up in a six-man tag often, mixing it up in a six-man tag. And then you have chaos going on in the match. Like, you have, like, spots where, like, Flair is putting, like, uh, somebody in a sharp, in, in, in a sharp shooter, in a, in a <laughs> figure four, and then you have Jericho give that person a, a lion's salt. And then you have like uh, Nash outside, just like destroying like people outside and like, throwing them into like the commentary table. God, how is much it? I love the jackknife power bomb! Uh, just oh my God. the laziest fucking finisher in history. Oh, Besides the uh, wasteland, it's wasteland, and then the jackknife power bomb. It's just <clears> right. like it's a power bomb, but I'm gonna stop seventy five percent of the way through and just let you go, and it's just real great. Just drop because I don't care. It's I'm, really I, great. I, I've always been about the money, baby. That's all it's about. Uh, which, by the way, uh, for, we'll spoil all the matches as we go through. Um, which, by the way, the ending of this match, uh, Triple H, of course, busts out a sledgehammer and takes out Nash. And uh, Triple H's hammer, you know, just in, in wrestling lore, what a what a great, great weapon. Just something that I don't think... Other weapons in depth, like obviously you see people in like, and like not generalized sure, weapons, mean, but like people carry around a baseball bat for a weapon or like a, right, you a get club like or something. Never seen on the street, on World Star, anywhere, anyone wield <laughs> a fucking sledgehammer. Like WWE <clears throat> has done their damnedest to be like, okay, don't hit people with steel chairs. But they've gotten away with him throwing around a sledgehammer for like twenty-five I mean, years, and it's. I incredible. mean, to be to be fair, he's constantly always held the head of the sledgehammer with his hand before when he hits the guy. So, I mean, maybe that's where they're they're like, as long as you're not making direct contact, we're good. Yeah, he's doing that, but at the same time, like, I don't know. You think you'd see one or two people on World Star busting out a fucking sledgehammer every now and then? I think we're going to have to start doing it. I oh no, don't. I really don't want our podcast to be the catalyst for <laughs> fucking sledgehammer use in society. Please don't do it, guys. Please don't, don't go do it. Don't get on World Star with a sledgehammer. Don't do it. Um anyways, that's number gonna, 5. Number 5. Gonna, 
If you're gonna get a world star, uh, put out a terrible rap Jesus. video and uh, and uh, pay for pay for them, pay world star to put it out for you. There we go. So, uh, but a review number five, Backlash 2003, uh, Triple H, Ric Flair, and Chris Jericho defeating Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, and Booker T. Uh, a really wacky match, a really wacky pay per view. To be too, truthfully honest, that also had like Sean O'Hare versus Rikishi for no reason. And also Cena versus Lesnar to show you time doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> but on, on to number four. We're going to number four now. Uh, and number four is one I I honestly really love. Despite, I feel like a lot of people would fight us on this, but I don't, fuck them. I don't care. I don't understand why. Yeah. Number four is uh, the Hart Foundation, which at four, well, let me lead it off with the event, King of the Ring 97. Uh, the Hart Foundation uh, which consisted of British Bulldog, Jim Neidhart, and Owen Hart, uh, defeating the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk, and Psycho Sid. Uh, great match. First of all, you have the Hart Foundation. How fucking badass were they at the time? Oh, my uh, God. I love I loved those shirts. Like, well, they I mean, so tough in those shirts. I mean, it's very rare. I think the closest thing we have to it now, you know, there's been the Shield, there's been the Undisputed Era. Um but I love any faction that has multiple titles and shit to carry. Yeah. Like Bulldog had the European, Owen had the Intercontinental, everyone had fucking slammies. They looked golden. They looked angry as shit all the time. It was fantastic. I adored them. Um, you had Legion this of Doom. Is, I was going to apologize. Is this also the King of the Ring where uh, Triple H wins? Yes. Yes. That, that would be. Um, but off of that, you also had Legion of Doom, um, which is Animal and Hawk, obviously. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are going to argue that they were past their prime. And they were. Let's let's call spades spades. Um, right. They were not going at 100%. We know that. It's still fucking Legion of Doom. Like, you yeah. see them and you're like, okay, this is cool. Like, there's always this kind of, like, aura about them. That anytime they came down, it was badass. It was cool. Yeah, they and always the shoulder pads. They yeah. looked tough as shit at all. Animal still looks like he could murder me. Um, and Sid had like his like his like didn't he have his like pyro entrance too, where he had I, like his name and like like sparkling letters. Did he? I honestly don't remember if he had that. I because the thing that always takes me back with Psycho Sid. Um, holy shit, the amount of times I forget that Psycho Sid had the Psycho theme music. Like, yeah. the, Oh my god. Uh, that, every time I listen to it, it's, it's still... Chilling. The, yeah. It is still one of the best themes that has ever been created, and I yeah. keep forgetting about it. But it sounds so horrifying at all the time. It's kind of like what they try to want to do with like Lars, like Fred, not Lars. What's Lars uh, from from NXT? Like they they want have to fucking Sid show up and gift him the music. You know how badass Lars would be if he had the Psycho music. I mean, that's kind of what they want to do with his music, but like, it's like it's not. But as, it's not there. It's, it's not, not as there, jarring. Yeah. The Psycho Sid music was fucking jarring, and it was yeah. awesome. I love the Psycho Sid music. And it's funny because have like rewatching this match. You know, I watched a decent amount of I to go into my research for this podcast. I essentially went into WWE's Wikipedia of all the pay per views and listed out every six man tag, removed all of them that sound lame, and watched the rest. Uh, 
And off of that, like, I forgot about his theme music until this. And it was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, I don't know. Again, it should be reused. You actually hit the nail on the head. It never occurred to me to use it with Lars. But now that you said that, that is an obvious thing to do. I want that so badly now. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh, God. I hate when people say shit out loud about booking. And I'm like, oh, that's so apparent. They should do that. I'm the same way. I get so mad because I'm like, that's never going to happen. Well, uh, WWE, if you're listening to this for any reason, please just. There's an idea for you. Take it. Use it at at will. Don't credit us. We'll just not an appreciation when it happens. Credit me. It's just put it. Every time the Lars comes out, they'll be like, well, underneath it, be like, Kevin thought of this. Um, the match itself, <laughs> decent match. It was a real good match. Obviously, like you put um, the hard foundation in any match. I, Look, I mean, I struggle to think of a time that they wouldn't save everyone's ass, even if it was a it, bad match. Exactly. It boils down to this: Owen Hart was in the match, and Owen Hart was just, just like, just everything that he did was spectacular. I, and he I, did this I, most I simple love the match. I love the match, and the <laughs> like. He botched the finish, like even with right. the botch finish. It was great. For those, it's worth going back to watch. Because if he hit it, this is a spot that should happen more. It's like a diving sunset flip, right? Yeah, he was on the top, and he dove over uh, Sid trying to do a sunset flip uh, and ended up, like, bouncing, like, a foot away from Sid. And he ended up having to reach back and flip him over. So it was almost perfect, but it looked fucking great while it was happening. And, like, this is is back in, like, when everyone looks jacked as shit. Yeah. By the like, way, Owen beat Sid. I don't know if that wasn't clear to everyone. Also, yes, yeah, Owen beating Sid was just just crazy. Like Owen, I mean, Owen beat Sid. Man, like I I miss Owen Hart so much. Like I can't. It's he's one of those guys where like I'll go back and watch Owen Hart matches because they were so special every time. Like it's, he was just such a talent. I, I can't speak to what's happening behind the scenes. I you know like. I know that they are holding it back. Like, it's one of those things where you know they have to be holding it back because WWE technically killed Owen Hart. Right. That is a fact. That is a fact in history. There's not much you can say to change that. Like, how, Um, what, what is, what necessarily is, how does a video package come along with like something with Owen Hart? It just, like, it's just hard to think about like what, where you leave off. Speaking of his legacy, when you when you induct him into the Hall of Fame, oh, well, I I think they own up to it. Like I think WWE, especially you know the <clears> leaders <throat> that be now, are self aware enough that they would kind of make things as right as possible, which is incredible. You know, it's the way it should be. Um, I mean, I would hope so, but at the same time, you have these things where they like to paint their own story along the lines of like you know post mortem, especially with like Ultimate Warrior and, and and things of that nature where like I would imagine if they finally inducted China, they paid the story that they wanted for it. Um, I, I, so. and I mean to be fair, for the type of company that they run, it's un- <laughs> it it's understandable to a point. Like sure, I get it. With, with the whole China thing, like, yeah, you you probably aren't gonna bring up that like, hey, after she left here uh, had some addictions and a illustrious porn career. Like, no, they're they're gonna paint it, and you know, not to spoil it, we got China coming up on this. <laughs> like, uh, and we're, right. gonna, we're we'll get into that a little bit. Deservedly so, because of like the impact that she makes, and uh, it's we'll get to it. But 
But yeah, I mean, I, I, I would one day hope that it finally happens. But I mean, there's, there is what you like. You said it's what, how his career, his life ended. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, uh, his his widow's, you know, her feelings towards the company. That's um, probably never going to change. It seems like it. It probably won't. At the same time, though, um, <laughs> to me, it boils down to it's the same way I feel about CM Punk. The fact that he stepped away from wrestling, perfect. Like, stay away. Like, if you found it toxic, stay away. Um, I hope at a certain point in history, he realizes what he meant. Like, I, th- I think he knows what he meant to the fans. Um, and I hope down the line, if WWE calls and they're like, hey, we want to do this for you, he'll show back up. And he won't He won't I mean, have to do anything. He won't wrestle a match. He'll show back up. He'll do the weekend. And that will be the end of it. And he can... But the thing is, like, with CM Punk in this scenario, like, CM Punk has the opportunity to go to an all-in signing at Pro Wrestling Tea Shop and have a face-to-face with all these fans who paid money to see him and meet him, take a picture with him. And I think that reinvigorates him going... Because everyone that went to that, that I know, said that he seemed so happy, was so, like... Oh, yeah, was no, so willing, he... And, like, he, he was, like, grinning from ear to ear. Like, he was really friendly. Like, it was what people didn't expect from CM Punk, even though they were like, we love him, but we know, like, what do we, we have a feeling of what to expect with him. And everyone was very pleasantly surprised. So we don't have the opportunity for, like, Owen's widow to, oh, to no, come no. around I, and, and I, see. I get that. But at the same time, <sighs> it, year after year of people online being like, hey, you know it would be really awesome to see? This. It's year after year of Brett being like, hey, they killed my brother, and I want to see this. Mm-hmm. I get that you feel hurt, but understand you yeah. are not a majority. And is that, it's, is, 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 I keep on saying it, Widow. Is this Mary? Is is that her name, Mary? I, I think so. What's okay. Owens? Yeah. I still want to keep on saying uh, Owens. Owens Widow, but... Uh... I almost just typed in Owen Wilson into the Google machine. Wow. Uh, Martha. That was it. Martha. Martha. There it is. I almost said that, and I was like, I don't feel like that's it. No, it was. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I obviously cannot, you know, like her feelings, are, imagine. More, yeah. her feelings <laughs> are more than validated. I just hope 100%. down the line that they make some change. But, at but the, I mean, I, I, I encourage people to go and watch this match as well as many of Owen's other matches, but this match is a fun one. I mean, it's again, like you said, it's a it's a simple, basic match, but it's also cool to see this Heart Foundation. They're just such badasses versus a, a legendary duo like Legion of Doom, looking like badasses no matter, even if it wasn't the Twilight Years. And then you have Sid, who's just a <laughs> ridiculous monster. Um, yeah, no, just super fun match. So number four. Uh, Hard Foundation, British Bulldog, Jim Neidhart, Owen Hart, defeating <laughs> Legion of Doom and Psycho Sid, King of the Ring 97. Worth a watch. Great match. They're, they're, these are all great matches. Um, on to number three. Feeling good about number three? Let's go. I am. Let's, Let's go. go. Um, number three, we're going to go back to WrestleMania three, the one that started it all, or kind of the one that started it all for the six-man tags. <laughs> But on that, it was the British Bulldog. So two in a row that had Davy Boy Smith speaking to Davy Boy Smith's legacy. Uh, but Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid and Tito Santana 
versus the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, and a dangerous Danny Davis. That's a name I did not think I would ever say on top five, and yet right. here we are. Um, for those of you, for those of you who do not know who Dangerous Danny Davis is, for those of you, for those of you, uh, a nice little history lesson. Dangerous Danny Davis, or Danny Davis at the time, was a referee uh, <laughs> who essentially wanted to be a wrestler, so they turned him into one. Uh, and they had this thing where he was the first real like crooked ref. Like, there's obviously other crooked refs throughout history. But he was the first one on TV that really like, hey, he's also a wrestler and he's going to do this shit. Like, so they put him in angles. But this was actually his wrestling debut. Uh, he paved and, the way. For, he paved the way for Nick Patrick, essentially. Yeah, and the storylines throughout it essentially were like he cost Tito Santana the Intercontinental Title because Macho Man used a weapon, and like he was the one that like allowed the Hart Foundation to cheat to take the British Bulldogs Tag Team Titles. And they wanted revenge. So now he's in this six-man tag match, which is asinine as you think it is. Um, and it, it's kind of weird because, you know, like we said, it's the one that started it all. And it would technically be the one that was the first WWF uh, pay-per-view six-man tag. They had another one earlier on in WrestleMania three that was uh, King Kong Bundy, Hillbilly Jim, and a bunch of little people. Uh, and it was as weirdly offensive as you think it would be <laughs> where like, yeah. like if they, it acted like a lot of uh, intergender matches do now where if the little people tagged in the big guy or the big guy tagged in the little people, the opposite would have to leave. So King Kong Bundy could only fight Hillbilly Jim. The little people could only fight the little people. Right. Uh, obviously there's a DQ when King Kong Bundy ignored that role. <laughs> It was a horrifying ending. That said, into a much better match, this one. And by the way, we're we're bringing up WrestleMania three, the Silver Dome, um, incredible venue, really the epitome for what WrestleMania should look like. Um, Silver Dome, such a fantastic, fantastic venue. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. It, God, it made me sad. Like you don't really get you, you know the WrestleManias you get now are stadiums, and that's fantastic. Um, but like the Silverdome had such a unique look. Honestly, I don't think I've seen a WrestleMania look like that since Safeco. These the Seattle WrestleMania had such a unique look that it was so fun to watch, and you just kind of you got taken in with how the surroundings looked. And ever since then, we've just gotten football stadiums, which is you know it's fine. I like it. I honestly think I'm I'm very excited for the Rumble this year uh, because it's back yeah, to the baseball been, stadiums. Yeah. So, um, I, which, I think that's going to look very cool. Which I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of information about the Rumble after tonight because Daniel Bryan's throwing out the first pitch at the uh, game uh, in Arizona. Yeah, no, I'd be guessing so. Uh, yeah, that, I was like, why would Daniel Bryan be doing that? Royal Rumble, that makes sense. Okay. Royal Rumble, he's, him and his wife live in Arizona. So. Oh, yeah, that's true as well. Um, but yeah, God, that event looked cool. Uh, but off of that, you know, you had a young David Boy Smith, which is incredible. Yeah, Dan, uh, Dynamite Kid, his back is beyond fucked up during this. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. The past two years for Dynamite Kid were not the greatest as he, like, granted, he looked good during this match. You could see him favoring his back a bunch, and you don't know if it was kayfabe or not. Uh, I do know, like, pay per views before that, he was definitely, like, clutching his back, leaving. So, like, he's very, very hurt. 
Uh, and then you had the Hart Foundation, which, by the way, Bret Hart in uh, WrestleMania three looked fucking cool. Uh, Dude, he was such a badass. Young Bret Hart. He looked so fucking goddamn slick all the time. All the time, dude. He was just such a. Uh, it's so funny, like, because he looks like a badass, and like when you look at Danny Danny Davis, like he looks kind of like a badass too, in a way. Like he looks like a funny, like like his the jacket that he wears to the ring. Danny Davis, for being a referee who was having his first match, had like this sequined referee jacket, uh, and then his. Like, granted, his dress left a lot to be desired because it was essentially like these black and white referee uh, tights and what right, seemed right. to be long johns for the, his top. Right. right. I, I, I'm as really referring to like his later matches because, like, he continued oh, yeah. having matches with the Heart Foundation, like, later on. Like, oh, yeah. Like, they tagged several times. Like, well, it was kind of the beautiful part to this was obviously, you know, as we brought up the storyline going in was he had fucked over both Tito Santana and the, uh, what do you call it, the British Bulldogs. Bulldogs. And because of that, uh, everyone was like, Dangerous Danny Davis has to be getting his fucking comeuppance sometime soon. Uh, And that he did. Uh, Because for the most of the match, they did the whole, here's a heel that doesn't really wrestle thing. So they tagged him in at opportune times. He got his kicks in, tagged out, and that was it. Um. Near the end of the match, he gets tagged in, and of course, hell breaks loose, and finally the good guys get a crack at him, uh, and they fuck Danny Davis up. And the crowd, <laughs> what's kind of amazing about WrestleMania three is the crowd pops for a lot of the show, and some of the loudest pops were for Danny Davis getting his fucking ass kicked. Oh, yeah, of course. Like You want to see... That's the work of a good heel. This yeah. guy they had storylines going into this... People were buying in so hard, and they hated this guy. He was he was a precursor to like someone along the lines of like a Brad Maddox or or a uh, or oh a, Mad Braddox, oh. yeah, or um, or what's his name, the Chinless Wonder, um, Ellsworth. So like, yeah, Ellsworth. So. And uh, my favorite part about this, they let Danny Davis get the fucking win. That's that to me so is the cherry on top. Who is, did he get the win over on? Uh, he got the win over on uh, Davy Boy Smith. That's right. Because uh, essentially, what happened was after the after the good guys got their comeuppance on Danny Davis, a Hart Foundation came in, pushed two of the guys off, and during the fray, um, Danny Davis grabbed Jimmy Hart's bullhorn and cracked a British Bulldog and got the win, which is just fucking great. I love I love cheap heel victories like that. When a guy gets his ass kicked like really bad, and then just does something dastardly and gets a win, that's that's a great heel move. I, I love seeing that in wrestling. I'm just glad that uh, that Tito Santana didn't have to get the uh, the, the loss on that one. Just uh, he holds a special place in my heart and wrestling sheet radio co-host uh, Eli's heart. And screw you, Ryan Satin. Arriba. Does Ryan Satin not like Tito Santana? We've had this, it's been this long running thing where Eli will say that uh, Billy Gunn is not a Hall of Fame quality, but Tito Santana definitely is. And so it's an argument of uh, who's better, uh, Billy Gunn or, or Tito Santana. And I'm with Eli saying that Tito Santana over Billy Gunn. I, here's my thing. Honestly, 
Um, me and a former WWE announcer, a good friend of mine, uh, Arda O'Kell, formerly Kyle Edwards, uh, came up with this idea called the Coco Beware line, much like the Mendoza line in baseball. Right, right, uh, but the right, Coco right, Beware right. line is the least amount of shit you can do for a Hall of Fame uh, career. Absolutely. Um, to, to which I would argue Billy Gunn and Tito Santana have both far gotten into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Isn't it, Wait, is Tito not in? No, I think he is. Uh, I think, okay, so, I, I got think, word for a second. I was like, wait, is Tito Santana Tito, not in the Hall of Fame? Tito is, but Ryan's like, um, Billy Gunn's in there too. We're like, no, the New Age Outlaws are. Billy Gunn is just... just wait, are the New Age Outlaws? I thought it was just wait. DX. Oh, no, DX is. DX yeah. is in. We're like, he's, like, he's like, well, Billy Gunn's going to get in there by himself. We're like, no. No, he's not. I like, think he is. I would fully argue Billy Gunn would get in on his own, especially... Um, <sighs> The multiple iterations of Billy Gunn that have, have existed throughout time. Smoking oh, Gun. You have Smoking Gun, Billy Gun. You have New Age Outlaws, Billy Gun. You have the one Billy Gun who went final four in a fucking rumble. <laughs> the Mr. Ass Billy Gun. Mr. Ass. You had Billy and Chuck. Like, that dude's in the Hall of Fame. Like, at the, he is first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Okay. So I know the obvious person to, that would induct Billy Gunn would be Road Dog. But. How much better? How much? How much would he pop for Chuck coming out and, and, and inducting him? You know, it's really sad. I'm going to ask a question that's probably not a good one. <laughs> is Chuck alive? I believe so. I believe he is. I I'm, hope so. I'm going to reason. Weird about now. You have me questioning. I I was very confident going into this conversation that Chuck Palumbo is Chuck alive. Palumbo, very much alive. Good for you. Yay! Chuck. Very happy. I got very worried because. The reason I was thinking about this was uh, like because I had to watch that Sean O'Hare oh, uh, match versus Rikishi. Right, yeah. And I was like, wait, oh, no. And then as soon as you mentioned Palumbo, I was like, oh, god damn it. Did he die too? I hope not. So, yay. No. I'm very happy to hear Chuck Palumbo is still with us. Yes, yes. I mean, if anything, I would assume they would do a reunion if they ever had did a Hall of Fame thing. Like, Road Dog would obviously induct him, but <coughs> Chuck Palumbo coming out would be pretty great as well. I would be That's a big fan of but You know what? They're a tag team. Three of them would make a three-man, but at the same time, that means we just got to move on to number three. Well, number two. We are at number three. Keep number track. Two. Oh, crap. Oh, man. We, we're moving along. We're, we're moving flying along. by. I, I'm keeping track here. I'm keeping the score. Everything's great. Which, by the way, number three, for those of you who are forgetting or at least want to research these things, uh, Hart Foundation and Danny Davis defeating British Bulldogs and Tito Santana at WrestleMania 3. That one is 100% worth a watch. Everything that we're mentioning is worth a watch, but honestly, out of them all, that one's just a really, it's a special venue. So, I mean, it's something that like you watch and you kind of get really into. Uh, but on to number two. Uh, number two, less special venue, but special meaning to the match, which is great. And we're going back 18 years to WrestleMania 2000. Uh, the only WrestleMania in history without a singles match. Was it really? Oh yeah, yeah. No singles match. I was matches. there. I, I can't remember, but I was there. That would that one because it was Anaheim, right? Anaheim Arrowhead Pond it of Anaheim, which is now the the Honda Center. Which is like it's kind of insane was, to think that WrestleMania 2000 and the ending of the uh, Junior Goodwill Hockey Games <laughs> ended at the Tuck Pond. That's a Mighty Ducks 2 reference for anyone keeping track. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go on the record and say this right now. Mighty Ducks 3, fantastic movie. 
Oh yeah, no, all the Mighty Ducks, great movies. Um, anyone who thinks differently, you didn't have a childhood, and I feel bad for you. Um, but we're gonna fight you. We're gonna fight you. Six man tag that happened. At number two, people are gonna probably look at look at us pretty uh, sus for this, but uh, I don't care. (laughs) uh, It was the Radicals. Uh, The Radicals, by the way, without the problematic person. (laughs) So it was Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Saturn. Perfect. We don't even have to mention Voldemort. This is great. It's it's also crazy to be like, Perry Saturn was in this, and he's not the problematic one of the the team. Um, Um, Versus China and Too Cool. Okay, at number two, this can be a bit of a stretch. I get it. But it is in there. Strictly because for what it meant at the time, at the period, and even now, you know, we're we're a month away from Evolution, the first WWE Women's Pay Per View, and it, I feel I would be remiss not to honor China in some dumb way, which I guess would be on a podcast. Uh, and on this one, you know, it's China on the biggest show in a six man tag, and China got the full rub in this. China got. Everything in this match was a be- pretty much based on China and Eddie Guerrero's storyline, more or less kickstarting. Um, and obviously throughout the match, Eddie Guerrero's making, you know, kissy faces and winking at her. Uh, China, by the end of the match, loses it. Uh, and essentially, in the coolest thing ever, and the main reason why I'm including this, because the crowd popped like a motherfucker for it, was China gorilla pressing Eddie. That was... Uh, well... We'll begin with China does a Joey Ryan and grabs Eddie by the dick and then gorilla presses Eddie, but fantastic nonetheless. Uh, and they let China get the pin too. I mean, granted not after the gorilla press, they did some like dumb sleeper slam. Um, right, right. But China got the pin uh, and too cool. Got a WrestleMania victory, which is just the funniest thing to me. Rip Brian Christopher and China, I guess that's sad. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, we're a month out from evolution. I think it speaks volumes that it's weird to say it like this. And I know there's going to probably be a decent amount of people who are like, the fuck are you talking about? But it's weird to know there's always a little bit of WWE that wanted to be a little bit forward facing. Uh, a little bit progressive right. throughout time. You know, China, if anyone was the one who kind of set that tone uh, and time and time again uh, was in, you know, Essentially, the main one that wrestled with the guys. You know, I'm sure we're going to get into some uh, intergender. You know, with top five, we're going to be doing all sorts of episodes. There's definitely going to be probably an intergender coverage at some point. Um, and we'll go into one of my favorite matches, which was uh, Trish and Lita versus Christian and Jericho. Uh, but until that, China was really the only one who consistently stepped with the guys. Uh, and it was awesome to see. There should be more intergender wrestling at all times. I am completely for it. Uh, in this kayfabe world, I think people are more or less smart enough to understand the difference. Um, and we need more women who are, you know, it sounds dumb. I think the first step to it is really WWE making the ratings the same on 2K. Right, right, right. It, it's very dumb, but like you go back five or six years and Alexa Bliss would be rated a 60, and Seth Rollins would be rated an 89. Now Seth is an 89, and Bliss is an 87. I think that means, like, that equal footing means a lot. Because at the end oh, of the yeah. day, it is a kayfabe world. All of this is a story. It's theater. It is TV. 
and, and honestly, like, like obviously fans are paying attention to stuff like that. Like it's, yeah. it's no like like people are gonna pay, like people look at their the ratings that they are, and like I can only imagine what it feels like. I mean, we got those reactions from AJ Styles about people being ranked higher than him on 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 the game. But like, imagine like like being a, a Alexa Bliss and being like, I'm just two points lower than Seth Rollins in this game. That's dope. Like, how yeah. cool is that? Like, like and that's such a good boost to like knowing that you're you're looked at as that quality of a performer because you are. Yeah, and at the end of the day, again, this is all kayfabe. Um, yeah, these people have varying d- degrees of talent in the ring, but there's a reason why you know. PWI has their ranking list and it's done off kayfabe. You know, it's, it's how strong of a year you've had. Jinder Mahal is going to be an 89. Maybe you don't, or he's going to be high because he was a champion for about a year. There's going to be a lot of people who don't think Jinder Mahal is going to have that high of a rating, but kayfabe he does. You, you have to what, deal with it. Fuck you. you know, I, I don't say, care. I have, to, I have to say to those people, you know, I have to say to those people, hopefully fuck you. I, Shanti. Ah, God damn it. I Shanti. I stand with Alicia Fox, who consistently says Ashanti, <laughs> and it is the greatest. Uh, especially because the Queen Ashanti was definitely like this rules. Thank you. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but you know, with all that said, you know, China again, really the first one who was kind of like, no, I'm as good. I can I can do these matches. They're going to be great. It's all fine. Um, and it, it was. Everything was fine. No one questioned it. Everything was just like, no, China can fucking murder people. It's fantastic. Uh, and especially for the end of this match, China beats Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, the guy that people love jerking off nonstop. Um, and on this, China gets to beat him clean in the ring. Like, there's no outside interference. There's no weapons. China gorilla presses him, sleeper slams him, and it's done. And honestly, fantastic. And I think just for that spot in its own right, it's worth watching. Yeah, too cool's there. And <laughs> I hate it. It's too cool without Rikishi, so it's like not as good. Uh, but at the same time, for the spots that happened, for what it meant, I have this at number two. I, I like to think you agree on that one. I hope so. Absolutely. I, I, I think that it's such a huge moment. Like you said, it's it's... I know, again, like you said, people are going to give us a little shit for the fact that we're throwing a too cool match in there, but at the same time... Not only is a too cool match in here, it's number two. Like, out of a list of five, it's number two. And then that, it's it's because of the importance. And I hope that people understand, like we've spoke about, how important it was and how important it continues to be. Um, Because you're not seeing that in WWE still to this day. Yeah, uh, I think spots, spots as corny as they are, are incredibly important. And this one, uh, you can skip to the end of the match if you want. China gorilla pressing Eddie Guerrero, people fucking lose it. And it's really awesome to watch uh, because it was something unexpected and something they really like to see. And that's Dude, they, both, they worked so well together. They worked they were incredibly together. Like, fucking incredible. With each other, it was, they were such a great team together, like as far as, as you know. Uh, as rivals and as teammates, uh, I, there's a shirt like there's those uh, ripoffs of uh, the Sonic Youth album cover art where the, the, the two people sitting in the car. Um, I there's one of Eddie and China, 
Perfect. And I want it so bad. I want it so bad. Yeah. Just an incredible spot. It's worth watching. And if anything, WrestleMania 2000 in a whole is worth watching just to see how fucking shenanigans the entire thing is. Like and I, I said, there, not like one a white... singles match. Everyone got a paycheck that night. It was real funny to watch. I was um, there wearing like a white button-up shirt and uh, some weird khaki, big, wide-legged pants because it was 2000. That's weird. Yeah. Don't wear those ever again to shows. Thank you. I wouldn't. I would not. Uh, but number two on the list, uh, China and Too Cool defeating the Radicals, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Saturn, not Voldemort, don't worry, at WrestleMania 2000. So before we get to number one, uh, I want, want to list off some honorable mentions because there's definitely some really awesome matches that people should check out. And uh, we'll go through. And maybe you have watched them. Maybe you haven't, Kevin. I don't know. I didn't review these with you. So these are these are going to be a surprise. All right, um, little rascal. But we're, we're going down uh, SummerSlam 89. Demolition, Axe and Smash, and King Duggan uh, defeating Andre the Giant and the Twin Towers. Uh, that's the one where Duggan had that weird USA Demolition face paint. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. That's so weird. Yeah, that's a real fantastic one. I uh, really love that. Uh, Survivor Series 91. and The f- only three-on-three Survivor Series match is the only one of them. There's Big Boss Man and the Legion of Doom uh, defeating Ernar Scheister and the Natural Disasters with Jimmy Ah, uh, yeah. Dude, so, natural disaster so badass. Oh, yeah, so incredible. Um, we got King of the Ring 2000. Uh, we had The Rock and the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and the Undertaker defeating uh, the McMahon-Helmsley faction, Mr. McMahon, Shane McMahon, Triple H. That was that weird-ass one where whoever got the pin became champion. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Who, who, who ended up winning that? Uh, the Rock did. Um, Rock, that's right. Yeah, Rock. Rock came away with it. Um we have 2014, uh, the Shield facing and defeating Evolution, uh, which that has ultimately to be on the list. Le- that ultimately led to, uh, wasn't that the destruction of the Shield afterwards? Oh, well, who gives a shit? That was one thing and one thing only, and that was the unveiling of Blue Tista. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was Blue Tista, Blue baby. Tista, boy. Blue Tista forever. That, I wanted that to make the list, and I was like, I can't do it on fucking Blue Tista alone. They made, they made, get, a, they made a damn it, action figure out of they, Blue Tista. I have the action figure. It's it's the With, only... I honestly, have sunglasses and the hat? Yeah, I don't give a shit about action figures. I used to have a lot when I worked at WWE. I gave them all away when I left. Uh, I kept one action figure. I have not unboxed it, and it's Blue Tista. Man, never screw up. Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder would be so sad that you said that. <laughs> um, and then one final one as an honorable mention: uh, ECW One Night Stand, Edge Lita and Mick Foley uh, defeating Balula, McGillicuddy, Terry Funk, and Tommy Dreamer. That was just a weirdly fun match. Yeah, what I, those One Night Stands are wild, dude. Oh yeah, they were fucking crazy. Uh, Edge like Edge uh, won the match by spearing Balula, and then like fuck pinned her. And like it was very like the crowd is just like fuck you, dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No. As far as like a WWE product, that was the one thing where I was like, Edge pushes some lines. Okay, perfect. Um, I mean, they yeah. also had they also had simulated sex on Raw that one time. So they there's did. that. They did. Uh, but still, not as weird as like pin <laughs> fucking someone. That was that was a lot. That was a lot to watch. Can, can I be? I feel I feel we're in a safe space here. I. Um, 
Can I say that I even watching those one night stands, let alone like watching old ECW, I feel like I would be one thousand percent uncomfortable there. <laughs> I so this is something my friend Tim and I have wanted to do, and I think we we might do it in October. But I really want to go to a CZW show. I just wanna I want to get it out of my system. I want to go to one. I want to see some carnage. You want to feel the blood? You want to feel the bloodlust? Well, I was like, "Ooh, there's first row tickets!" Like, oh no, do you get, I'm do gonna you get do like this. A... I might as well do it as like, I might as well do it to like the umpteenth degree, and then I'll be like, "Oh, I got glass on me. I'm never coming here again." Because I'm you should scared. go. You should show up at a rain poncho. Ooh, like Gallagher. <laughs> yes. Are we? How old are we for referencing fucking Gallagher? Like in. I'm really hoping some 20 year old is listening to this and being like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, all the, even the guys from Shameless? Re- research Gallagher. He was the guy who had a mallet and watermelons and hit him, and the crowd was like, this is funny. It wasn't. It was just a guy with fucking. Like, hey, you know what all my comedy is? Splat. And yeah. everyone was like, oh my God, what? He just, that was a watermelon. Yeah, it was, it was real, real interesting. It got all over it. That's so crazy. And from Gallagher, we go to our number one pick. And the, the number one pick's just going to be fucking obvious. Uh, anyone who is listening to this and is like, oh, I haven't heard this yet. You know it's coming. Uh, and it would be the Wired Family versus the Shield Elimination Chamber 2014. That's the number one. Here's um, the thing. When it, when it comes to the before anything happens, this is awesome chant. I'm not, I'm not that. I don't really subscribe to that. It's personally. cliche. It's cliche. It's very cliche. But when that moment happened, because we all wanted it so bad, it felt right. That was the moment where the, this is awesome chant. Just because two teams are facing off in the ring, that felt right. And that's before anything happened. It was that very rare scenario in WWE where they were heading into a pay-per-view. It was before WrestleMania 2000. They had nothing for any of these guys heading into WrestleMania. Uh, and because of that, they ended, they were like, fuck it, and put them in a match. Uh, I believe all six of them, like the Shield were like on the fence. They were anti-heroes, but neither were strictly good guys. Like right. it was two teams of badasses being like, fuck it, we're fighting. Um, and it was something the crowd, you could tell in the weeks beforehand that everyone was like, is this going to happen? Is this going to be an actual thing? And then heading into the match, uh, like you could tell, there was just something in the air when that match was going to happen. Uh, that powder keg, like the crowd was like waiting that evening for shit to go down, and then it did. And oh my god, how incredible that match was! Um, it's just an incredible match, and then to the point where commentary usually, I mean, you have like JBL trying to get his shit in, whatever, for commentary, but as you just tell that. So they got a direction from the back that what they're like, shut the fuck up, let the crowd chant and let them do that and show how how great Roman Reigns is gonna be. Uh. Well, I mean, that being said, Christ, um, I needed this match to remind me how over Bray Wyatt was. They let the fucking Wyatts oh, win. Yeah, they let the Wyatts beat the Shield clean. Christ, Ray, um, Bray Wyatt was such a He's been such a misused guy, and he's one of the best characters I've seen since The Undertaker. 
uh, since Gold Dust. Like the, yeah. Bray Wyatt is just well, one of those special uh, characters. Friends and I have talked about it, and it's it's unfortunate because the common consensus is Vince wanted to make an Undertaker, and he made Papa Shango. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically what happened. It sucks. It's very sad. Like he's been reduced to holograms and like weird shit. And hopefully, you know, they have him off to the side right now. They're not using him. Let him sit for a few months. Hell, bring him back at the Rumble. Like reinvigorate him, make him a psycho. Like you can do it. They've wanted to do it before. You have the ammo. Let him go at it. Stop this whole Sister Abigail shit. Um, what what it, if they just have Bray Wyatt show up and he's got like someone's severed head and he just yeah. walks to the ring with that? Perfect. It's a, yeah, it's a head in a lantern or something. And it's just like, yep, I don't care. I murder people now. Great. Uh, well, that's, how they write, that's how they write Matt Hardy off of TV. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a severed head of Matt Hardy. Um. Just because anything to get him back to what Elimination Chamber 2014 was. Because him then, the Wyatt family then, so goddamn over. Um, that crowd that crowd appreciated them beating the Shield. It wasn't like a, oh, hey, the match is over. This is good. The Wyatts won against the Shield and got a fucking pop. And everyone knows how over the goddamn Shield is at all times. And the Wyatts did that as the heels, like the de facto heels of the match. That speaks volumes to how what they could do when given a good plot line. Um, and it, just everything in the match. Like this entire, I, like even re-watching this, I lost it again. I forgot near the end of the match where Wyatt was going to give Roman a sister Abigail and Roman muscled out of it and Bray headbutted him and Roman screamed back at him. And it was the coolest guy. Oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. So goddamn hard <laughs> where I forgot how cool that spot looked. Uh, and just revisiting it, I was just like, God damn, this is like everyone knows offhand what a fun match that was. I more than suggest you go back and rewatch it just to be like, Christ, we had something special then. Like the that thing. was a match. Here's the thing. And I don't think James knows how much I like this match. Um, but uh, I've been, you know, everyone always asks the question, if you were to show somebody a match for the first time to show how cool wrestling could be, that was, that's one of my, all, uh, that's my number one answer for WWE match is that match because it has everything. It has everything. It has guys with a good, good, crazy look, cool characters. You have these guys who are just badasses coming out of the crowd. You have these other guys who are like, the sinister monsters coming from the from the out of the mist, and then you have the crowd just feeding into it, and it's just the energy in that room is so tight, the talent is so big, and it's just like if you can't appreciate wrestling for the first time watching a match and really watching one and it being that one, I don't know if you're going to really like it. Ironically, ironically, my sell someone wrestling match uh, also involves the Wyatts. As it's the uh, Daniel Bryan uh, versus Bray Wyatt match on Raw. Oh yeah, that's, in the that's cage. a good one. That's a good one too. That, that's a that's a great one to have everyone be like, "Why is the crowd like? Why is everyone doing this yes chant at the end of the match?" But did they just, show package? Did they show package before that? What was that? I feel like do they show like a, a video package for leading up to that? Yeah, I, they might. I honestly forget. It's worth it's but, worth a. Uh, a uh, reminder in history. I should go back and rewatch that entire Raw. I feel like that's uh, one of those matches where, like, I, I definitely agree with you, 
but like you don't need to explain anything with this tag match. You kind of have to explain a few things with the uh, that 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 Daniel Bryan and Bray match, but um, with this match, it's just straightforward. Even if you don't know what's going on, like hey, you're just yeah, gonna see three dudes true. knock the shit out of each other, like yeah. six dudes knock the shit out of each other. Just a, a great match overall. The build is great. The <laughs> even when it, like you get tense at the beginning of the match because all six of them are standing there. They're like obviously staring each other down, but they're letting the moment kind of marinate for all the fans and everyone's just fucking losing it. Uh, and it's a really intriguing moment. And it's just something that you don't get too often with the fans legitimately invested. They try to fabricate that feeling a lot. Right. Uh, and that one just kind of happened naturally. I mean, obviously the best ones happen that way. Um, but there's something about that one that really just like you watch and you just, it, you get it. And it's just fucking cool. It's just so funny because, like, like yeah, the match itself is amazing, but like even just the build up before the bell even rings, like the they're in the face off. Why it's all leave the ring and like kind of like Miranda around commentary, and they're just kind of like jawing at the crowd, and then you have like the shield inside where they're just kind of like like looking like they're just like let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like I want to get going. Like Dean Ambrose getting pissed off because he's not beating the shit out of somebody yet. Yeah, like, and then he are... just jumps the gun to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's a real real fun match. I if you've never watched it for some reason, please go back and watch it. Um, and if if you have watched it, watch it again because you're gonna remember. Oh yeah, go, this is a badass match. Yeah, that that was one going when. We decided to make the top six, top six, Jesus, top five, uh, six man tag matches. Um, I knew, like, offhand, I mentioned the idea to Kevin, and he immediately, like, I knew this was number one, anyways. And Kevin immediately texted me saying, Elimination Chamber, Shields versus Wyatt's. And I was like, Yep, we're in agreement. Everything's good. <laughs> um, and so, like, we, you know, this offhand, it is a match to definitely revisit. I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, if you haven't watched it in a while, it's it's worth a rewatch just to be like, God damn, that was something cool. It's funny because like we were just I was just talking with like Ryan and Eli earlier today about how like I can't name like if you told me like name one match about this per- from this person, like I could maybe do like one match, but I, I I don't have a memory like that. But this is a match that I could always just be like I I could always pinpoint this match for like my favorite of a shield or a Wyatt match. Yeah, oh, entirely. So, if anything, that's the list. Top five six-man tag matches on WWE pay-per-view. Uh, number one, if it wasn't apparent already from us bucking, hand-jobbing it for the past 20 minutes, uh, Wyatt Family <laughs> versus The Shield, defeating The Shield at Elimination Chamber 2014. Holy Christ, watch the match. Uh, hope you agreed with the list. You know, it's yeah. it's another top five we've gotten through. Um, you know, Super Showdown coming up. That one, the main event, another six-man tag involving the Shield. It's gonna be that one's gonna be an interesting one because it's gonna involve Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre, which is a new tandem. At I'm anticipating that match to be fire, but we'll see what happens. And then we all we have the stuff going on with Dino. We don't know where his mind is at. He might be uh he might be ready to uh, hop on out of there like a like a, a kangaroo out of the Shield. Heel turn. Go with, go with, with the yeah, a little hilly turn. Probably the not. Hill, but the hill would turn the opposite way, though, because they're in Australia. It goes to Australia because yeah. the toilets and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, James, can... where could they find you and talk about backwards <laughs> toilets? Uh, you can do that at Chill Hartman on all social media. Just type that into your Google machine, and then you can find me and 
different places. It's easy enough. And Kevin, if people want to harass you about anything, just anything, uh, where should they do that online? Guys, please find me at Kevin Gets Rad on Instagram, Twitter, cross platform. I'm doing it for you, my people. He is doing it for you, our people, our people. That's our people. <laughs> life goes, life finds a way. Uh, regardless, awesome. that was top five. If you enjoy the podcast, uh, rate it, give us good reviews, or don't give us bad reviews. Give, give us constructive criticism, I guess. That's what I via want. Twitter. Yeah. Constructive criticism via Twitter. Via Twitter. Leave, DM leave the bad reviews. Yeah, DMs, uh, DMs are not open yeah. for me, but they might be open for Jay. Yeah, constructive criticism. DM me the constructive criticism, and then leave a review that's like five stars and just be like, they try hard. And that's all we ask for. That's that's all I could ever ask for in my life. Uh, regardless, uh, I am James McKenna for my co-host Kevin Silva. We bid you adieu. Have a wonderful evening. Au revoir. Napa Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pit Pool, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.